and turn to your word in whatever way you're going to and go to the book of Ruth. The book of Ruth. And tonight we're going to be in that final chapter, that fourth chapter of the book of Ruth. And uh, we'll be towards the end of that chapter. I'm going to begin reading in just a little bit at verse number 11. I see a couple of the waves there online. So uh, we say welcome to you. We're happy that you are here joining with us. But we're going to begin reading in just a few minutes at the 11th verse of the fourth chapter of the book of Ruth. As uh, we, are, we are in this series, uh, this is the sixth week that I have shared with you, and then we had a couple other weeks mingled in there uh, where our guest speakers spoke uh, to you and some concepts, but to make an eight-week total out of this four-chapter book. Um, but we're going to be week number six as we have been talking about freedom for all because the book of Ruth talks about freedom. That's, that is the theme that runs throughout this book, but we're going, we're going to discover tonight as we sum this up that the freedom that the book of Ruth brings to us is not just for the characters that are there in the book of Ruth, but it truly extends all the way to you and I and all the way uh, to the end of the ages. And so we, we are going to see that tonight and we're going to sum that up. And so tonight I'm going to be talking to you about going beyond the book. So Freedom for All, the series, but tonight's subtitle, if you will, is going to be Beyond the Book. Because how many know there's freedom beyond the book of Ruth? And we are living in it um, tonight. Now, I'm, before I read the scripture, let me just take a few moments. And I haven't done this through this series, but I felt like to bring some continuity to everything. I probably needed to take just a few minutes tonight and pull this all together to remind us about the journey that we have been on. Uh, the book of Ruth talks about freedom. Talks about the child of freedom. We started off in week number one as, as we talked about that, that the family had traveled because of a famine in the land. The family had traveled. And I'm not going to break down everything we've been through. It would take far too long. But, but just to catch you up briefly, uh, Elimelech and Naomi, that's the husband and wife, and their two sons, Malon and Kilion, they leave... The land of Israel, the, the place of Bethlehem, they leave because of a famine and they travel to Moab. So there's a famine in their land, in their home, so they leave there and they go to Moab. And, and they are there some ten years or so. And, and as they have traveled to Moab, the two sons take daughters of the land of Moab. And the two daughters uh, take wives, I'm sorry, the, the two sons take wives from the land of Moab. And their names are Orpah and Ruth, who the, who the book is named um, after. And so while in the land of Moab, Elimelech, the dad, dies. And also, while in the land of Moab, the two sons die, Malon and Kilion. And so Naomi is left alone with her two daughters-in-law. And so word comes that there is bread again in Bethlehem, bread again in the house of bread, bread again in, in the land of God's people, her home. And so she's going to get up and she's going to head back home. 
She's going to tell her daughters-in-law, now you just stay here, go back to your families. I release you from the covenant you made with my sons. Um, you know, I don't have any other sons for you to marry, so you need to just go back uh, to your family. Ultimately, Orpah goes back, but as we know and we are well aware, Ruth determined she is going to stay with Naomi. She is going to travel back with her. So Ruth is going to leave her homeland of Moab. And she is going to travel back to the land of Israel. And she is going to go home with Naomi. So she's going to leave her comfort zone, what she has known her entire life, and travel back with Naomi. So Ruth is going to be in a foreign land, in a foreign place, with no one but Naomi that, that she could truly know or understand or rely upon. And that is the background of the book. And so, with that in place, let me just talk with you. The first week we just kind of hid and we talked about how important it is for us to come back to where uh, we are being fed of God's Word and we talked about that. And then the second week we talked about, we learned that through this book, God works everything together. That God pieces everything about their lives together the same way God pieces everything about our lives together. That God works in every circumstance to bring about His plan for our lives if we will rely upon Him. You can always trust that God is never caught by surprise. How many understand that? He's never taken by surprise. There's never a moment that, that God's plan cannot be enacted in your life. God can work everything together. The Word tells us He'll work all things together for our good. And so we covered that in that second week. We talked about the concept that for every issue or every struggle, there is a blessing. So, so always remember that. For every struggle... For every issue that you face, if you will go through it with faith in God through Jesus Christ, if you will go through with God for every struggle, there is a blessing. That out of every issue, God can bring the blessing that you need. So your mind needs to be open. Your heart needs to be aware that in the midst of your hardships, start looking for what God is doing. Because God's up to something in every aspect of our life. And so in the middle of hardship, start looking for God's blessing. Okay? And so we, we hit that and we talked about that it's all connected together. And we talked about that all truly means everything. And then we went in and we hit the characters in the book of Ruth. And that third week I talked to you about Ruth. We started off the main characters of the book of Ruth and we started off with Ruth. And we talked about the fact that in the book, we find, the book of Ruth, we find acceptance for Ruth. She leaves her homeland. She is widowed. She's following her mother-in-law. She comes to a land she is unfamiliar with. But through the story and the child that's going to be produced, whose name is Obed, through this child... She finds acceptance. And so we talked about the acceptance for Ruth and what that means uh, for us. And so we talked about how she found acceptance. She, she appeals to God's path because she will, is willing to push through rejection. 
If you want to find acceptance in God's plan, if you want to find acceptance in, in God's outlook for your life and purpose for your life, then you have to push through rejection. And not only that, you have to be and make of yourself a servant. And by doing that, you will find acceptance in God's will and God's plan. If you will make yourself a servant to other people. And then also, uh, she not only does that, but then she is willing to reveal that she has a need. She's willing to lay down her pride, and she's able to admit that she has a need that she needs help with. See, sometimes we're pretty good at making ourselves servants in order to help other people in need. But do you know to truly find acceptance in God's plan and purpose for your life, you have to be willing to admit that you have a need. Do you realize that? Do you realize all of us have needs? And God will use people to meet our needs and God himself will meet our needs but we have to humble ourselves and we have to admit if if you remember with me Jesus when he was teaching he said I didn't come so that the so that those that are in no need of a physician could be met I came for those who have needs I came to reach them. And so you have to understand you have a need. And when you do, you will find acceptance in God's plan. And then you have to use whatever is given to you. This is how Ruth found acceptance. So we looked at that in that third week. She was willing to use whatever was left to her. Whatever she received, she's going to use. And because of that, she's going to be a part of God's plan. And then she's going to be obedient, faithful, And humble throughout. And she's going to honor the people that are in her life. And so there's lessons for us to learn there. And then the following week we talked about provision then for Boaz. The story is about acceptance for Ruth. But it's about provision for Boaz. Boaz is the man that's going to take Ruth in and is going to marry her. And Boaz finds provision beyond his wildest dreams Because he takes Ruth in. So we talked about that. And and again, I'm not going to go into everything. but, but, But we find provision when we're willing to release the things that we have ownership of. If you release into God's hands. If you release into God's plan. You will find God's provision. And then we found that provision follows response. We have to respond to God. And then we found that provision follows faith. We have to act by faith, and provision follows connection. And so uh, we hit that about Boaz. And then the last one that I've shared with you together, we looked at new life for Naomi. So acceptance for Ruth, provision for Boaz, and new life for Naomi. Naomi had lost everything. But in the story's ending, she receives new life. And she responds properly after at first responding negatively. She rediscovers her faith and then she receives all that God has for her. So we find new life for Naomi. So now, tonight, having just caught you up briefly, we're going to talk about freedom now beyond the book of Ruth. Because in reality, the story told in the book of Ruth 
only begins as the book of Ruth ends. So let's, let's look at this and I'll read this uh, to you tonight. And I'm going to actually going to read in the New Living Translation tonight. Ruth chapter 4 and verse number 11. Ruth 4 beginning at verse 11. says, Then the elders and all the people standing in the gate replied, We are witnesses. I want you to, as I, as I read through this, I want you to make note in your mind of some important words. Because that's what we're going to kind of cover tonight a little bit. Then the elders and all the people standing in the gate replied, We are witnesses. May the Lord make this woman who is coming into your home like Rachel and Leah, from whom all the nation of Israel descended. May you prosper in Ephrathah and be famous in Bethlehem. May the Lord give you descendants by this young woman who will be like those of our ancestor Perez, the son of Tamar and Judah. So Boaz took Ruth into his home and she became his wife. When, she, when he slept with her, the Lord enabled her to become pregnant. And she gave birth to a son. Then the women of the town said to Naomi, Praise the Lord who has now provided a Redeemer for your family. May this child be famous in Israel. May He restore your youth and care for you in your old age. For He is the son of your daughter-in-law who loves you and has been better to you than seven sons. And Naomi took the baby, cuddled him to her breast, and she cared for him as if he were her own. The neighbor women said, Now at last Naomi has a son again. And they named him Obed. He became the father of Jesse and the grandfather of David. This is the genealogical record of their ancestor Perez. Perez was the father of Hezron. Hezron was the father of Ram. Ram was the father of Aminadab. Aminadab was the father of Nashon. Nashon was the father of Salmon. Salmon was the father of Boaz. Boaz was the father of Obed. Obed was the father of Jesse. And Jesse was the father of of David. Now, that closes the book of Ruth. So we have journeyed from the very beginning of Ruth to the very end of Ruth. And throughout we have seen some amazing things, but now the book ends, but as it ends, it truly just begins because the story truly unfolds from there. Amen. Now, I've already said this to you, so I know you're already aware of where this is going to go. But, but we're going to look at it in a little more detail in just a few, few minutes when we get there. But if that lineage was to carry on that I finished reading to you there in the book of Ruth, where it ends with David. If we were to go over, and we probably will after a little while, if we were to go over into the book of Matthew... Or if we were to go over into Luke chapter 3 and we would pick up that genealogy, we would find that that genealogy carries on after David and goes all the way down to Jesus. That in 
the Gospels, the genealogies are there, not just for history lessons, but they are there to connect the entire story of God's plan to the Messiah. That's the reason for the genealogies. That's the reason records were meticulously kept of who was the father of who and who was the father of who. And, and you know, some of those things that are hard to read and, and that we zone out when we're trying to read. You know, if you're doing your Bible reading through in a year plan and you hit uh, those areas in the Old Testament or in the New where you hit those genealogies and you just kind of skip through those and then you feel bad if you didn't read them because did you really read your Bible in a year if you didn't read all the every word anyway maybe y'all don't maybe y'all didn't have never felt that way or or anything but but th- those are not just there to bore us they're not just there to confuse us they're not there to try to try to show us how little we know about name pronunciation they are there to tie together and to connect together everybody in that scripture in that line to show that from the beginning to the end God had a plan and it was through God's people that God was going to bring the Messiah and and the stories that you read of all of those people that make up those genealogies all of their battles all of their struggles it is because the enemy has always tried to stop not just them but has tried to stop God's plan from being enacted. But when you read that genea- those genealogies, what you need to remember, the enemy tried to stop God's plan at every turn, but guess what? He couldn't stop it. He's tried to kill them. He's tried to disperse them. He tried to cause them to to commit such heinous sins against God that they would lose out. He tried everything that he could. He tried to wipe them out. He tried to defeat them at every turn. But the genealogies tell us that God's plan could not be stopped. Now, does that say anything to us today? Or is that just a history lesson for Israel? What I want to say to you today is this. The same God that preserved that line from beginning to Jesus because he had to come through that line. The same God that that could not be thwarted, his plan could not be stopped by the enemy, is the same God that has a plan for you and I. And the plan for God for us, the enemy cannot stop. If we will walk by faith, if we will not give up on the journey, if we will come back to God, if we do fall, if we'll get ourselves back up, confess our sins unto the Lord. The plan of God that He has for your life is able to be performed. Amen. When you read these things, understand God is saying, look at how intricate my plan was woven throughout history. Don't you think a God that can do that can take care of your situations? Jeremiah writes and says, God, under the anointing of God, says, For I know the plans that I have for you. Plans to prosper you. Plans to bless you. I know, and if he knows, he's able to keep. Paul would write and say, Now unto him who is able to keep everything that I have commended unto him. He's able to keep me, walk with me, and press me in to his plan. And so the first thing I want to say to you is that wherever you are, whatever you're facing, whatever you've gone through, understand God's plan for your life is going to be accomplished. 
Don't look at your circumstances. Don't look at where you are right now. Do you know if Abraham or if David or, or if any of the lineage there, if, if uh, uh, Boaz or any of the lineage there would have looked and said, Oh, I, I don't think we can do this. If they would have given up, they couldn't have made it. But just because they persevered, God's plan is going to be enacted. So keep Pressing forward, God is still on the throne, and God's plan is still working. Amen. So, we're going we're gonna to look at this, and I'm going to take you through three things that we're going to look at tonight as we close out this study. Beyond the book. And I'm going to talk to you about what we find in this concept of freedom for all is, is we are going to find, at, as the book of Ruth ends, we're going to find destiny for David. Destiny for King David. And he's only mentioned in the end of this book. But this book is all about his destiny. The king of Israel, Israel's greatest king other than Jesus Christ. Who even Christ is referred to as the son of David. He, the, the, the king that is going to be the king that, that God has prepared for, for God's people. We're going to find his destiny unfolds in this book. And then we're going to look at an inheritance for followers is unlocked in this book. And then we're going to see the last thing, healing for the nations is found in this book. So, there's, there's something happening beyond the book of Ruth. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this in a little bit of reverse order to start with. And the first thing I want to talk to you about is that concept of destiny for David. You might say, well, what does that have to do with me? Well, just what I went through has to do with us. Because God had a destined plan for David. And he weaved that plan through every situation. And David was vital because of what David represents. If it had not been for the events of the book of Ruth, we would not have a David. The great psalmist of Israel. We would not have the king of Israel that teaches us so much about worship. That was the father to Solomon who teaches us so much about wisdom. See, because David wrote majority of the Psalms. Solomon would, would be known as the wisest man in the world that would write uh, the, the book of Pro most of the Proverbs Solomon is going to write. We would not have that nation uh, of Israel as they are constituted today without David. And this book unveils for us the destiny of David. Because it, it said to us that Obed, Boaz, was the father of Obed. So, Boaz and Ruth's child, Obed. Boaz was the father of Obed. Obed was the father of Jesse. And Jesse was the father of David. Amen. Do you all remember the story when Samuel comes, God has said, I'm going to anoint a king, another king besides Saul. And, and Samuel travels to the house of Jesse. And he, and he says, I've come to anoint the king. I want you to gather all of your sons. And the word tells us that Jesse gathers all of his sons 
brings them before Samuel, and Samuel looks at him. And he sees the, the ones that men would think must be the king. And he looks at them. But God rejects them. And says, God said to him, don't look on the outward. Man looks on the outward, but I look at the inward. And finally he gets to the end of Jesse's sons. And he says, do you not have any more sons? And Jesse says, well, I have one more. He's the young one. He's out there in the field tending the sheep. His own dad tried to overlook him. And Samuel said, call him in. We will not go forward until he comes. They go out and they get David. They bring him in. Samuel, God says, this is the king. He anoints him on that day. So when we read those names, they're more than just names. They are people God has destined. And even when his own dad would forget him, God's plan would still be enacted. Amen. There should have been no way. It, it seems to me in the reading of the word, in my understanding, it seems to me that Ruth was unable to have children before coming together with Boaz. She was married to Naomi's son, but there were no children produced. She was unable to have children until... She comes in with Boaz, they are married, and then her womb is opened up, and she carries this child that is going to be a child of destiny, that's going to carry a child of destiny within his body. Come on, somebody. It's going to continue to produce people of destiny all the way down, and then from the time of David, there's going to continue to be a lineage of destiny that's going to go through all the things they're going to go through. Uh, isolation. They're going to go through being taken out of their land and put, be persecuted. They're going to, but, but the line is kept by God up until the time that the angel says to Mary, Blessed, O highly favored of God, are you? And out of her is going to come Jesus. But there's destiny for David. Obed would give birth to one who would give birth to a king. Now I want to I say this to you. Because this is important. You do not know what you are carrying in your life today. You do not even begin to know the beginning or have the understanding of the destiny of God that you are carrying today. Your actions today, your purpose today as the Lord tarries, and if this world tarries, the decisions you make today are destiny decisions for those that will come after you. Amen. Don't give up on God's plan. We see destiny for David. And in David, we truly can see all of us. Because God's plan has brought them there. The second thing that I'm going to share with you as we tie all of this up is we find an inheritance for the followers of God. If Go with me, Ruth 4, verse 11 and 12. Let me read this to you. It says, Then the elders and all the people standing in the gate replied, We are witnesses. So what has happened? Boaz has declared, I'm going to redeem 
this family. So all the people said, we are witnesses. May the Lord make this woman who is coming into your home, Ruth, like Rachel and Leah, whom all the nation of Israel descended. May you prosper in Ephrathah and be famous in Bethlehem. And may the Lord give you descendants by this young woman who will be like those of our ancestor Perez, the son of Tamar and Judah. I saw in this, as I was studying this out, I saw in those two verses some words that speak to us of the inheritance that we find in Christ beyond this book. See, the the prophetic utterance that the people give without even knowing it are prophetic utterances of inheritance for everyone that will follow God. Let's look at this for just a moment. The first thing that I want to look at is the statement there in verse 11 where they say, we are witnesses. We're witnesses to this. We are witnesses to what is taking place. There is connection to what God is doing. Do you know that we, part of our inheritance is we tonight are witnesses of God's connection into lives and into this world. So we are witnesses of what God is Doing. I, I, I was thinking as I was looking about this and I was, I was looking through this and I was thinking about this and some scripture came to my mind in Acts chapter number 10. And I wrote it down and you don't have to turn there. I'll just, I'll just uh, get over there. I'm going to get my Bible that I can get my pages easily turned. I've wore this Bible out so my pages turn easily here. But Acts chapter number 10 and verse number 39 if you have your Bible, you can make note of that, or if you happen to be taking notes. Acts 10, verse 39. And, and we are witnesses of all things which He did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on a tree. So He's saying, we are witnesses to everything Jesus did. Can I tell you, a part of the inheritance of followers of Christ and followers of God, a part of our inheritance is we are witnesses to everything He does. Amen. We see what He does. So we should speak of what He does. We are witnesses. Understand that. You cannot help but speak the things that God is doing. If you're a follower, you are witnessing God. Are you looking for what God is doing? Are you only looking at what the world is doing? Are you only looking at what is going on around you? Or do you understand you and I, we are witnesses of what God is doing. Let's start speaking about what God is doing. That's our inheritance. That's what we are called to take part in. Another word that jumped out at me as I was looking through those two verses is not only are we witnesses just like they were on that day. But, but it, it says, may you prosper. An inheritance of those that follow God's plan is that we would prosper in God's plan. Amen. That we would prosper. John writes in 3 John 4, he writes that above all, I, I want above all that you might prosper even as your soul prospers. Amen. We, we, we 
when we are children of God following God's plan, we are to prosper in that plan. Now, now when I'm saying prosper, I'm not saying we're all going to, we're all going to, our bank accounts are all just uh, magically going to have, you know, seven figures in them. That's not the prosperity that all of us are called to. Amen. The, but, but the way we prosper is that our inheritance for those that follow God's plan, that live according to God's plan, is we will prosper in God's purpose for our life. We will succeed in God's plan for our life. We will find success wherever, whatever we put our hands to. When God is our captain and we are following His plan, we will find success there. Amen. We are witnesses. That's our inheritance. We are to prosper in God's plan. The third thing that I saw there is not only that, that we would prosper. He said, may you prosper in Ephrathah and be famous in Bethlehem. Now, by famous, what it means is may you be known in Bethlehem. May you be known. And, and I was, I was looking at that. It hit me. Do you know a part of our inheritance is that we understand we are known by God. Amen. He knows us. Do you know that's biblical? Amen. And let me, let me take you there. Go with me if you, if you would like to Galatians chapter 4 and verse number 9. Galatians chapter 4 and verse number 9 says, But now... After you have known God, or rather, are known by God. Amen. We are known by God. If we give our life over to Him, if we put our faith in Christ, this is a part of our inheritance. We are known, the intricate part of our being. We are known by God. Our steps are ordered of God. 1 Corinthians 8 and verse number 3. But if anyone loves God, this one is known by Him. I don't know about you. I don't know if that gets you excited or not to think about the fact that a part of your inheritance in being a God follower, Christ follower, a part of your inheritance is that you are known by God. I do not serve a God that is some way off out there God that is not really involved in my life. My inheritance as one who has committed my life to Christ, who follows God's plan, my inheritance is that God knows me, walks with me. Knows my life, the ins and outs of my life. That, that's a part of the inheritance of those who will follow God's plan. We will be known by God. The last thing that I see in these two verses, it says that, that may the Lord give you, in verse 12, descendants by this young woman who will be like those of our ancestor Perez. Now, unless you know that story, and I don't have the time to take you all the way back to that story, but Perez was the son of Judah and Tamar. And if you've never read that, if you want to have a soap opera sounding story, go read about Judah and Tamar uh, and, and find out how this baby was born. And when this baby was born, there were twins in the womb. The other brother uh, uh, sticks his hand out first. 
They're going to call him the older. But then the hand comes back in and then Perez breaks through and is born first. And they name him Perez, which means breakthrough. And they say, this breach, this breakthrough be upon you. And so they say here in Ruth, may this young woman... Be, may your descendants be like those of our ancestor Perez. May you break through. Part of the inheritance of those that follow Christ is that we are people that break through. If you want to go read about Perez's story, go to Genesis 38. You'll find it there. Genesis 38. But we are people of breakthrough. Don't give up. God's got a breakthrough for you. Amen. This is, this is beyond the book now because it's, it's the destiny of David. It's the people of God leading all the way to Jesus. And they are going to be people of breakthrough. All the way to us. Because now with Jesus being the captain of our life, we are people of breakthrough. We are people that are known by God. We are people that will prosper on the journey that God has led us on. And we are witnesses to everything Christ is doing in our world today. This is our inheritance. Beyond the book of Ruth, the inheritance that was prophesied about this child is the inheritance for everyone who will follow ultimately Jesus Christ. And then the last thing I'll share with you is beyond the book of Ruth, we find healing for the nations. Ruth 4, verses 13 through 15. Look at what it says. So Boaz took Ruth into his home, and she became his wife. When he had slept with her, the Lord enabled her to become pregnant, and she gave birth to a son. The women of the town said to Naomi, Praise the Lord who has now provided what? A redeemer. This son was a redeemer for their family. But he would give birth to one who would give birth to one who would become a redeemer for Israel in King David. Who down through the history of time, one would be born to that house that would become the redeemer of all the world. His name is Jesus Christ. He would become healing for the nations. All people would find redemption in Christ. Amen. Hebrews chapter 9, and I'm, I'm, I'm closing this down here, but Hebrews chapter 9 and verse number 12. Hebrews 9 and verse 12 tells us, Not with the blood of goats and calves, but with His own blood, Jesus. With His own blood, Jesus entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. Beyond the book of Ruth, we find redemption for the nations. We find healing for the nations. But he doesn't stop there. He goes on to say, verse 14, Who has provided a redeemer for your family? May this child be famous in Israel. May he restore your youth. And care for you. May this child restore your life. 
and down through the ages to Christ, we find the restorer for all men and women. The one who would bring restoration into the world. The one who would bring redemption into the world. In Acts chapter number 3, the disciples now are moving forward. And in verse number 19 of Acts chapter 3, Peter's preaching and he says, Repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that the times of refreshing would come from the presence of the Lord. The times of restoration would come. Jesus. See, Obed is that reflection of David who is that reflection of Jesus who is the fullness of God in our world who brought restoration and redemption to our world. And then finally, in the last thing, verse 15, Ruth 4, May he restore your youth and care for you in your old age. For he is the son of your daughter-in-law who loves you. has been better to you than seven sons. She took that baby. She cuddled him as if he were her own. And the women said, now at last she has a son again. They named him Obed. Now watch. And this is where we'll stop. Ruth gives birth to a son named Obed. Naomi takes this son as her own, cuddles him, feeds him, nurtures him, loves him as her own. The last thing that I'm going to share to you beyond the book of Ruth, all the way to Jesus, the child of freedom reconciles Jew and Gentile unto the Father. Naomi, the Jewess, who had traveled to Moab with her husband because of a famine. They met there a Moabitess woman named Ruth, who represents Gentiles being brought in and together. They see this son, and he reconciles all people together unto God. Oh, come on now. See, Jesus died for the world and rose again that whosoever would believe in him should have life. Amen. In him, there's... Word tells us, Galatians chapter 3, you can turn there later if you want to look it up. Galatians 3, 28, in him there is neither Jew nor Gentile, bond nor free. In him we are all one. The book of Ruth speaks of freedom for all people. Every character in the story receives freedom. And beyond the book, every person throughout history receives freedom. The Jew first, through David. <laughs> and then the Gentile, brought in together through Christ. Amen? How many are glad beyond the book there's still freedom? Because that means you and I are still living in the freedom 
brought by Jesus Christ. I, 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 this book is an amazing book. It is a powerful book. It is stacked full of so much, so many ways you could look at it. But I hope during this study we, you have realized God's plan is still at work. His purpose is attainable. His freedom is for you. So never give up on what God has in store for your life. Everybody stand to your feet with me tonight. On campus or online, God is no respecter of persons. He'll lead us, and he'll direct us, and he'll keep us, and he'll bring freedom into our life. Let's pray together. Father, we love you tonight. We are thankful just for the opportunity to study your word, to learn and glean from your word. So much that you can teach us from your word, and we are thankful for that. So now, Father, we ask that you would... Take this word and place it in our hearts. Let our understanding be enlightened and opened. Let us apply the truth of your word. Let us follow you with all of our hearts. With everything in us. So that your plan would be accomplished through us. Most of all, Father, we thank you for Jesus. For the Savior of the world the light in a darkened dreary place and for hope that cannot be defeated we honor you and bless you and it's in Jesus name we pray amen